welcome to Recode It for Riches, where it's all about how to use food, wellness, and the body as your vehicle for quantum manifestation. I'm your host, Holly, and I'll be guiding you on how to detox, cleanse, and manifest through foods, wellness rituals, and mindset shifts that will overflow your life and business with riches on every level. Together, we'll recode your entire DNA so that everything you touch turns to gold. Let's get started. All right. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Recoded for Riches. I'm Holly and this week I'm so excited. I have a special guest who is really near and dear to my heart. Um, she's actually my very ever first business coach that got me started on this whole journey. And yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled to have her. Her name is Dr. Kim Foster. And yeah, you know, hey, Kim. Hi, Holly. So nice to talk to you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, it'd be great if you could introduce yourself, you know, tell us a bit about who you are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So like you said, um, so I'm Kim and I am an MD turned coach. I transitioned um, to wellness coaching several years ago um, from conventional medicine when I basically became totally disillusioned with the healthcare system and with the career that I found uh, myself in. So I'm sure we'll talk all about that. But yeah, currently I am, you know, after transitioning to wellness coaching myself and then building my own business, what I do now is I'm a business mentor for um, other health and wellness coaches, women who are, um, you know, wanting to pursue their own passion for wellness and build a career that's freedom-based because that's super important to me. And um, yeah, so that's what I do. Nice. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that you were disillusioned by the healthcare system. Maybe tell us a bit more about that, because I know a lot of people, you know, they think that, why, why would I work with a wellness coach, right? I want to go to an MD, but you yourself kind of stepped away from being an MD and into wellness. And what's your story with that? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a pretty long story. So I'll give you like the short version. Of that. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I mean, of course, I went into medicine a long time ago. I was very young when I decided that I wanted to become a doctor. Um, you know, it's kind of a long standing dream. And I went into it to help people, you know, that was like, maybe it was like super idealistic kind of reason. But that was what I wanted to do when I was like in my teens and 20s. And what I discovered is that there were like, once I, you know, got through all of the training, education, all that stuff, got out, was a practicing family physician, really found that there were just so many things that I had no idea about, um, you know, in terms of the limitations of the healthcare system, that it's, it was not, the focus was never and isn't on um, well-being, it's on sickness. And, you know, maybe I should have realized that before I went into medicine, um, but I, I didn't. And, but what I found is that my days were all filled with just, um, you know, people needing just me to sort of hand out band-aids, put out fires, like deal with the crisis and, um, you know, sort of see what I can do to take away pain or make things, treat symptoms and all of that kind of stuff without really addressing all of the underlying 
causes, all the root causes, like all the stuff that can, that I knew could be done to help a person achieve not just the absence of sickness, but true wellness. But that's not the way that our healthcare system is set up. Um, you know, I'm in Canada, but I, uh, and this is not how our healthcare system is set up here. And I'm pretty sure though that, uh, you know, in, mo in any other country that I've encountered, that's not how the healthcare system is set up. It's set up as a sick care system. And I really, uh, it just did not fulfill me anymore uh, after, you know, practicing for a while in that. And so I wanted to find something that was more holistic, more focused on, like I said, that more wellness approach, more of a preventive approach, um, you know, all of those kinds of pieces, not just writing prescriptions um, and not just sending people out the door with like very quick advice. That was the other thing that was super frustrating is the time limitations. I had was very, very limited in time. And I think most doctors are the same. We really just are not granted any time because our waiting rooms are full. And so you just have to keep on moving through your list for the day. And that was just, that was a horrendous way to, you know, run my work day basically. So I needed a different way. That's for sure. Mm, and seeing how, you know, I'm sure you were super busy back then. Like, how did you decide to move into wellness? Was it like something you were practicing on yourself and you're like, Hey, you know, I'm feeling really good. And I want to share this with the world. Or was it a book? You know, what was that? moment that made you decide that you wanted to start to segue into something new? Yeah, that's a good question. So I was at the clinic that I was working, there was a nurse who was working there and she was actually building a business on the side. This was a really long time ago. She was actually building this little business, <clears throat> excuse me, on, um, as a health coach. And I was like, a health coach, what's that? And, you know, so then we had lots of conversations, um, you know, in between patient visits and things I kept on picking her brain about what exactly she was doing. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, that was not a thing. When I went through med school, there weren't coaches, there weren't health coaches, wellness coaches, it just was not an option. It didn't really exist. Um, and, but it was this fascinating thing because I was like, well, that's exactly what I have always been drawn to. I mean, from my own personal health and wellness journey, like, you know, as a young person, I was always really healthy. I was super into nutrition, into exercise, like all of that kind of stuff. I was kind of one of those people who was kind of obsessed with all that stuff when I was younger. And that's actually, I mean, ironically, that's kind of what drew me to medicine and made me feel like medicine was a natural fit for me. But then the ultra irony is that through the busyness and the craziness of medical school, all of the demands on like, you know, building my practice, working as a physician in my early years, my own health really went down the drain because I was not paying attention to, um, you know, I just didn't, I wasn't, I couldn't prioritize it. I didn't have the time, all of those kinds of things. And so I really started to begin to feel some of those effects. I started to get some of my own health issues. I had a very odd autoimmune condition that just like flared up really super rare thing um, that I know was because I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, and it was self-limited. I managed to kind of make it go away by going back to basics of what I knew I had to do to keep myself healthy. But it's just it's very ironic that I had my own health issues that came up because I wasn't prioritizing my own health because I was in a career that really just didn't grant me the freedom 
to take care of myself. Um, Self-care is not something that is prioritized or encouraged when you're a medical resident and you're working like 120 hours and you're just kind of sacrificing yourself at the altar of what is, uh, you know, helping other people. Right. So, but yeah, like that. So when I just, when I had those conversations with the nurse who was working at our clinic and it was like, just this, this light bulb went off. I was like, that's actually what I have to do that. That's what I need to do. I need to get out of conventional medicine um, because it's just, it's not working for me personally or professionally or anything. And I need to move into this, this new model that, that is, you know, was this kind of this new emerging profession. So that's what started me off on that whole new trajectory. Mm, So interesting. Yeah. It's so crazy how you know, you can be in the medical health sector and be, you know, super duper unhealthy, but just because I guess, you know, you have that science backing, like people tend to take that for more truth than someone, you know, like, I guess in the wellness space who might be coming from a more holistic approach. Yes, exactly. Well, and there's just such a culture, like in the medical culture, it's just so like, this hero thing, um, especially in our training and in hospitals. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the stories and they are seriously all true. It's just, it's a ridiculous sort of slave labor kind of situation that is set up there in your training. And it is just beat into you that this is what you do. You, you do not prioritize your own health and well-being. You stay awake for 36 hours at a time and just survive on coffee. Um, and it's all in the name of being, you know, a hero or a cowboy or whatever it is, right? But that is celebrated in the medical subculture. Um, it's very male-dominated kind of situation, of course. And um, I think, I mean, it is changing. Like, I do know that that subculture is changing somewhat, but it's very, very slow to change. But some of the some of the most unhealthy, stressed-out people that I know are medical professionals. Mm. Wow. So crazy. Um, yes, it is. And, <laughs> and so obviously, you know, as an MB, I'm sure you were getting paid good money, right? So when you were deciding to make a shift into the wellness space and kind of building your life and your business around that, um, what came up for you, you know, in terms of money mindset or trusting that you could make the same or probably more, you know, in something you love, something that would nourish you on the inside out? Like what kind of obstacles did you face and what did you have to go through to, I I guess, you know, just take the leap and trust. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is a juicy question, Holly, because this was the biggest problem for me. Well, I mean, there was a few big problems for me because although I loved the idea of health and wellness coaching, I loved what it represented um, and, and everything sounded amazing, but I was like, okay, let's get real though. Can I actually make enough money at this because, you know, as a physician, I was making good money and I was the primary breadwinner for our family. And at that time, like I had two very young boys at home and, you know, we had a house on a mortgage and I was like, okay, if I just like quit medicine to pursue this, this thing that nobody has ever heard of, then like, it's, it's crazy. Like we're going to have to sell our house. I'm not going to be able to make our mortgage payments. Like there was just so many just logistics practical, practical things that were holding me down. Plus then on top of that, all of the mindset stuff around like my identity, because so much of my identity was wrapped up in being a doctor because, you know, as you know, I mean, 
it, being a doctor is is like a, it's a respected position, right? It is like everybody understands what it means to be a medical doctor, and you know, it's a competitive program to get into, and like all of these kinds of things. So I had achieved this thing, and I was living this life and career that, on paper, seemed like it was the dream, and um, and I knew that it wasn't for me anyway. You know, for me, and um, but to walk away from all of that and to face the you know, confusion from people, the criticism, the like, the concern, like well-meaning concern for, um, you know, what I, the, like, how could you throw away all that education or, you know, all of those kinds of things were coming at me as I was starting to talk about it and explore this idea and start to kind of take baby steps into this different world. But yeah, you're right. Like when you said, take a leap of faith, that's exactly what it required because I didn't, it was not a, you know, smart thing to do. It was not a sensible thing to do. It didn't make sense financially. It didn't make sense from like, you know, what society wanted me to do. And it was just going against the grain in so many different ways, not to mention, like I said, my own identity. And so it really, it took a long time there that the transition was not easy. It wasn't like one wake up one day and, and quit. And then, you know, that's the end of the story. It took me a long time to actually fully break free and to follow my path, but it required really persistent, you know, just hanging on to the vision of what I really wanted to create for my life and, um, for my family and all of those kinds of pieces. So it wasn't easy, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's doable for sure. Mm, and just to give us a rough estimate, I mean, we, we live in a generation where it's all about instant gratification. And I see a lot of people out there, even in the short time I've ventured into the industry, people, you know, giving up or feeling like, you know, things aren't working out for me. I'm going to leave and do something more conventional. How much time did it, you know, take you to actually feel like, okay, this is working for me. This is like, you know, my reality. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, it's really, it's hard for me to estimate the number of years because it took a long time and we're talking years. We're not talking months. It was years. Um, and I did it really gradually because of a lot of fears and, and I, and I hung on for a lot longer than I really needed to, because of, like I said, all those, those issues of fears and things. Um, I'd say like four or five years kind of thing before I, I was able to totally cut all ties, cut myself loose and just head off into this, the direction that I, I knew that I really needed to go. So it, it required a lot of work. It required a lot of coaching. I had to get my own coaching on this. That's for <laughs> sure. That was one of the things that really helped. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of things actually. So for anybody who's listening, who is, you know, also trying to find their purpose and really like make a big, scary change. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do to, to actually, you know, make it, make it your reality and, um, and sort of smooth the path. And, and certainly if I had done some of those things earlier, it would have, um, you know, happened a lot more quickly, but yeah, that's kind of like the ballpark time frame that helps. Mm, I love that. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day by some entrepreneur who, you know, made a few million dollars. And what she was saying was that quantum leaps don't happen overnight. They happen like in small in incremental steps. Um, and, you know, I feel like, yeah, I love that, you know, you actually are like, Hey, yeah, it took me a few years, but that's what it took instead of 
people being so disillusioned and feeling like, oh, you know, six months from now, I'm not seeing results. I suck. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I, I often talk about like the being all in, like really what, what does true commitment to a vision mean? And I, and I compare it to like, so, I mean, I have, like I said, I have two kids and, and I think, um, you know, sometimes we have to, cause we're in an earthquake zone here on the Pacific coast of Canada. And so we often have to do like earthquake preparation planning and things like that. I haven't had an earthquake now I'm knocking on wood, but you know, um, <laughs> anyway, we have to do all this planning for stuff. And one of the things that I've thought of, like when I was working at clinics that were further away from where my boys were at school is, you know, planning, okay, how am I, how would I actually get to the school if the roads are out or if I can't, you know, how am I going to get, pick up my boys? And it was never like, well, you know, it's going to be hard and it's far away and the roads are closed and the cars aren't, you know, my, my car, I can't drive or, you know, something. So I guess I just won't go and get them from school. <laughs> it mm. was never that. It was like one way or another, I am making this happen. Like I will just strap on a pair of running shoes. I'll find a pair of running shoes from somewhere. After that day, actually, I stashed a pair of running shoes in my desk, <laughs> but I'll like strap on a pair of running shoes and I'll just start running. I'm a runner. I can run. It's like a lot further than I normally run, but I can just do it like that. I'll make it work or I'll, you know, find some other form of transportation. Like, but it's, it's going to happen. And if my plan A doesn't get me there, then fine, I will find a plan B and a plan C and a plan D and whatever it takes. And that it's the same thing. And I talk to my clients about this too. Like, you know, if you are truly committed to the vision of the life that you want to create, the business that you want, the career that you want, whatever it is that you want, if you're truly committed, you are going to find a way. And it might mean like taking a more circuitous route than you expected. And things may not kind of fall into place as easily as you were hoping for, of course, but if you're all in, you're going to find a way and it's going, you're going to make it happen. Mm, so good. And, you know, tell me more about the biggest mindset obstacles that you see clients facing and how do you coach them through that? Because I'm sure a lot of people who are listening, they might be like on the fence. Maybe they're like in a really good corporate job where things are going good. They're paying, getting paid great money and but their heart isn't there and they want to make the switch, but you know, they don't know what it's like on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's a few really key things that people that tend to hold people back in terms of like their mindset. But one of the biggest things and one of the most heartbreaking things that I find for people is the fears of, of other people's judgment. The, and of course, we're all human. Like we are hardwired to want approval from other people. Like we really, you know, because as a survival thing, right? Like if we don't get approval, we get kicked out of the tribe and we're out there on our own to try and survive, which isn't going to work. So we are, of course, evolutionarily hardwired to need and crave other people's approval. But of course, we're not in a survival, like live and die kind of situation um, when we're talking about like pursuing our passions and following our, our dreams and all of that kind of thing. Um, generally speaking, it's not a live or die kind of scenario, but that, that need for approval, that deep-seated craving people's approval and being afraid of judgment and scrutiny and criticism is really deep-seated 
So that is one of the key things. Like if you're in a position, especially when you are doing something that is respected and you have been receiving all of that, you know, external validation and approval, and then you're looking at doing something like what you really, what your heart is telling you that you really want to do is something that is not that anymore. You know, you're, you want to color outside the lines and you're afraid that people are going to judge you for that. Um, and that so sadly holds so many people back and they they spin out on that and they they think about it and they sort of hesitate and they're afraid and really what it comes down to when when we uh, peel back the layers is that they're afraid of being judged and especially you know in terms of building a business like you have you need to be visible and you need to be talking about what you're doing and you know that's a really important part of building a business and claiming what you are doing and so you need to expose yourself to that um, you know, potential judgment and being vulnerable. And it, it really requires so much inner work um, to, to detach from that need for external approval, because when it comes down to it, like you need to live your life for your approval. You don't need other people's approval and, and making your life's decisions based on what other people want for you is just such a tragic way to go through life. And when you can really, you know, start to internalize that, like really deeply understand that, then you are finally free. Then you can actually make the decisions that are going to move you forward in the way that you want to, as opposed to the way that other people may want you to. Mm, so it's a lot of, I guess it's a big self journey, right? The whole path path of following your dreams, following your heart, like people are probably not going to be on the same train as you when you start off with some brand new idea. And usually people jump on when they see you successful. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Be like off the stock market, you know, no one buys when the stock is low, but the moment it starts going up, everyone wants in. Yes. Oh, exactly. Because we're creatures of like, you know, jumping on the bandwagon and whatnot. So yeah, you have to be as an entrepreneur and as somebody who is, is like I said, you're, you're coloring outside the lines. You have to be the one with that vision and you have to hold on to that vision. And, and even though other people are like fearful for you and ex they might be expressing those fears directly to you. You know, I had that a lot, received a lot of that from people who, who care about me. It's not that they wanted me to fail. Like they were concerned for me. Right. Um, and, but you have to be really anchor in to the truth for you and what you really want and what your vision is. And it requires like, honestly, daily work for me is what it required. It required daily journaling. It required daily checking in with my own self-talk, uh, my own belief systems and thoughts, and really just like questioning everything that popped into my head because I would take other people's stories about what was going on and just and internalize them until I was like, wait, wait, that's not what I believe. Why am I saying that? Why am I believing that? So yeah. And, and really I learned to let people be wrong about me. I learned to be like, mm, that's their, I, I can't control their opinion and it's okay. I can, I can let them be wrong and I'm going to just keep doing this thing that I, I know that I need to do. And um, so, yeah, it's not an easy path, but it's so worthwhile. Mm. So for someone listening right now, who's on the fence, what would you say is the very first thing they can start to do or start to implement to take a step in the direction where their heart lies. 
Yeah. I mean, the very first step really, I think is getting clear in your own self. So this is, this usually requires just shutting out the outside world. So in whatever way you prefer to do that. So, you know, it could be meditation, it could be like nature, you know, going for a walk in nature, it could be journaling, whatever it is, but getting really quiet, shutting out all of the noise out there, because there's a lot of noise out there and just really tuning in and tapping into what you want and why you want it. You know, what is the reason? What are you looking to achieve? And so much of it is like stripping away the like the superficial reasons why, like the trappings of why and the the kind of external manifestations of why and more like, well, how do you really want to feel? So what is it that you actually want to feel in this life or in this, in your career, in your lifestyle, in your family? What is it that you want to feel? And that's the core nugget of it. And then from there, you, you know, that that can be like your North star, right? That that directs where you are going from there and, and what kind of um, decisions you make going forward. But it really, I think that really tapping into your own truth, first of all, so that you can have that anchor that you can keep coming back to that will help you to give, to have that strength as when you start to go out there and it all becomes noisy and people come in with their opinions and, um, and all of that kind of stuff. So then, yeah. Um, but that's, that's what I think is the very first step. Yeah, no, that's a really good one. You know, I love what you talked about. You just mentioned um, focusing on how you feel rather than what you think is the right thing to do. Because, you know, I remember when I think and I first started working with you, I was very much in my head and not in my heart. And I remember you really moving me, you know, instead of what do you think is the right thing to do versus what do you feel your heart is telling you you should do? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it, it's, it's not easy work to do because we are conditioned to value, like to sort of prize the logical side of things, right? Like the, you know, what makes sense, what makes sense on paper, what's the sensible thing. And um, what do you think you should be doing all of that kind of stuff, but really, yeah, it's like tapping into what do you really deep down desire. Um, and it's not easy because we've all learned to kind of stuff our desires down um, through the course of our lives. And, um, you know, that, that that's why I think that so many, like when people say, well, what did you really want to do when you were a kid? Like what really made you happy and delighted you when you were a kid? Because when we're kids, we're, we haven't been so jaded with all of those external societal expectations and pressures and like all of that kind of stuff where it gets all complicated. Um, and so that, that can help to just kind of tap into like, exactly like you said, Holly, just what do you want to, how do you want to feel? What does your, what is your heart really telling you? I mean, it sounds maybe cliche, but it really, it's, it's really true. Absolutely. Um, and Kim, you know, tell us what are the different offerings you have right now? Like what are the different, um, ways people can work with you and just learn and grow? Oh, well, thanks for asking. Yeah. So I work with people in a number of different ways. I mean, for, for people who are looking to, you know, 
uh, totally pivot into a career as a health and wellness coach. So this is something that that is intriguing to you, but um, and maybe you come from healthcare or like you know you're in your nurse or a physician or whatever, um, or maybe you have ha- pursued a completely different career. So you're in a totally different industry and you think, okay, well how could I actually do this because I I don't have any kind of a background. So for for the, for both those groups of people who are interested in pursuing a career as a wellness coach, I have a coach training and certification program called the Wellness Coach Academy. So it's my six month, um, totally online, complete training and certification program to become a wellness coach. And I give you everything um, about like, there's three pillars, wellness expertise, coaching skills. So like how to actually become a coach and business training, because that's important. If you're going to be building your own business as a coach, you need to know how to actually do that. So that's, that's, that's for people who are right at the beginning of their journey and really just want to step into a whole new career, the Wellness Coach Academy. But then for other people, so maybe they, because there are other, of course, health and wellness coach training programs. So for people who have maybe done some um, coach training or they're a certified coach and they've been maybe trying to build a business for a while, then that's where I come in as a business mentor because I've helped many, many people to build a successful business because it's not an easy thing. And most of the like older coach training programs don't include any kind of business training. So, I mean, that's what you and I did, Holly, is like the business mentorship um, to really help you to, and because there's so many pieces in there, right? Like choosing your niche and putting together your packages and your brand and how to market and all of those things. So I have business mentorship programs that are designed specifically for people who are in that category. Mm, Right. So they can either do something that self-paced or uh, the other one, which is what I did, where they get your personalized support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I have varying levels of support because everybody has got different needs and different, you know, what they can manage at any given time. And so, yeah, I have self-paced options and then options that are more supported with like private coaching with me. So, yeah, there's I, I'm trying to serve my community in, you know, from kind of wherever people are at. So, yes, I have options. Definitely. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have to say having one-on-one support, I feel in my experience has been so powerful because it really helped me to push the limits of what I would have been procrastinating about. I probably would have still been thinking about my idea if I wasn't, you know, working with someone who I had accountability, support, um, inspiration from, and it's just really invaluable. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. I mean, it was amazing working with you because you're just like a dream client um, because you were always open to, you know, every time that I would question you on something or try to, you know, push your boundaries a little bit. But yeah, exactly. Like having that container of accountability and support, you will be able to go so much further, so much quicker than trying to deal with it on your own. Because all these things that we've been talking about, like all of these mindset barriers and inner obstacles and outer obstacles, all that stuff is really hard to slog through all on your own. Um, but having a, like a thinking partner on it, having somebody who can look at things in a different way, show you a different way, open you up to a different, you know, possibility, and then hold you accountable, uh, you know, because when we check in, it's like, okay, how did that, how did that work out? How did it go doing that live video? Let's talk about what came up for you with that, you know, all of those kinds of things. 
things. So um, yeah, anyway, I loved working with you and, and I, th it's one of my favorite things to do is work with, with people very closely, like in a, in a one-to-one -one kind of situation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, Kim, I mean, it's been a really great um, podcast. I'm so glad you took the time to come on. I am so grateful and so happy to have you here. Um, what is your, I guess, you know, if you could leave the audience with one thing, what is the one thing you would leave them with? Hmm. One thing. Well, you know, I think it has to be to not settle, you know, you get this one life, right? We, we all get this one life and we think that we, you know, can, can put it all like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll figure that out someday or I'll kind of wait. And it's not really a good time right now. It's not, you know, it's, I'm too busy at the moment. I'll, I'll think about that later, but there are no guarantees. And I just, it breaks my heart. I hear so many people waiting, waiting to, you know, start, your, your real life, right? Um, I heard something um, the other day that said, we all get two lives and your second life begins when you realize that you only have one life. Um, mm. And, and it's just, it's so, it's so true. So this is not pretend, this is not a dress rehearsal. If there's something that you want to pursue, don't wait, please don't wait. As I, as we talked about, like my journey, it took me a few years really to break free of all the, you know, binds that were holding me back. So start that journey now, if you're, if you, it, cause it might be a longer road than you think. So don't wait to get started. Just do it right now. Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kim. It's such a pleasure and honor to have you on my show. Yeah, it was such a pleasure to do this. I loved it. It was so fun talking to you about all these things. It's kind of like flipping things around because always on our conversations, it was about you. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> to, I'm sure you heard, you learned some things about me that you didn't actually know before. <laughs> so much, so much. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Well, I love it. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, take care, Holly.